Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here, along with my co-host Susie Porton. It's time for another of edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. Welcome to 2017. We do this program once a month now, uh, usually the first Monday of every month, but the first Monday of this month was when a lot of people were celebrating New Year's, so it's the second Monday of January. But here we are back again, Susie. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Dr. Green. How are you? I am well. Are you having a good 2017 so far? There are many people who feel that nothing could be be as bad as 2016 and couldn't wait to see it be over with. How's 2017 going for you? Thank you. So far, so good. Good. Well, we're only nine days in, so there's time. (laughs) Anything that you wanted to start the program with today, because we already have two callers, and of course, callers take priority on this program, so anything to start with? Um, I just wanted to mention that there's two evening presentations for parents coming up this month in January, that you'll be speaking in New York City on January 19th, and then in Auburn, Maine, the evening of January 30th, and you and can those register. Are special, you can register on the line in the What's New section. Yep. Those are special presentations for parents, although everybody is welcome. Um, but sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, that was all. Got it. Um, those are two that I'm looking forward to, um, and... Um, Lives in the Balance, of course, sponsors many uh, free evening programs for parents across the course of the year. Those are just the two for January. But let's jump in here. We're going to go first to area code 464. Um, You're on the air. How are you? Area code 464. Yes, hello. Hello, you're on. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, good, good. Um, I'm calling from overseas, so there may be a a slight delay, but I hope this call is going to work well. I think it's working okay. Good. Um, You have been sent an email about this very question, but uh, I wanted to call in in person because I know that you often want more information than what the email can give you. I am the, um, the mother of two children. I have a son of nine and a daughter of five. And the little girl is the one with the explosive, uh, explosive temper. And we've been doing CPS, my husband and I, to the best of our abilities for about nine months now. And it really works wonderfully for most 
for the most part, for both children. Our little girl, she just lights up when she gets the chance to give us her view on a problem like breakfast routines or bedtime struggles. Uh, and she loves to give us new ideas for solutions. So um, she's really into the collaborative um, solution um, or collaborative problem solving. But I struggle with understanding how to approach a number of, of other incidents when our daughter explodes. And I asked the B Team Facebook group for advice, and mm-hmm. one member suggested uh, what I hadn't realized and that there was really no parental expectation in these situations. And um, I'll give you some examples. She will um, have problems pulling a zipper up, or she'll spill on herself, which is really not a big thing in our family, or she can't fit two Lego pieces together, um, things like this, where it's really um, her expectation that causes the explosion. So the Mm -hmm. plan C uh, won't prevent an explosion. So here I'm I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm missing. I see the lagging skills, um, for example, difficulty persisting on on challenging or tedious tasks, but I, I don't know how to approach this because when this happens, she will throw things and she will scream and she will scream even louder when I'm trying to empathize and saying everything is my fault, and I can get her to calm down eventually, but I I don't know how to do a proper plan B here. Got it. Most unsolved problems do trace back to an adult expectation, difficulty coming into dinner from watching TV, difficulty taking a bath before bed at night, difficulty getting ready for school in the morning. Those aren't kids' expectations. Those are adults' expectations. But um, it is not rare. It's not the most common thing that kids get upset about, but it's also not uncommon that a kid um, becomes agitated over an expectation of their own that they're having difficulty meeting. And so while it is true that most unsolved problems are worded in a way that reflects the adult's expectation, mm. they can also be worded in a way that reflects the kid's expectation for him or herself. So, and I have found your email, by the way. Um, okay. So uh, I can speak to the unsolved problems that you're mentioning in your email, right? So as it relates to the fact that she might be happily building a Lego but suddenly cannot fit one piece and and begins screaming. Um, By the way, by that point, you're in the heat of the moment. But if you want to try to solve that problem proactively, you could word it as difficulty if the Lego piece doesn't fit Mm. on your next one. Difficulty if you spill milk on yourself. Another of them could be, and I'm just going down the line here, um, difficulty um, opening the can of Lesser peas. You weren't that specific in your email, but I'm being specific. Yeah. Dif- difficulty zippering up your jacket. Mm-hmm. If these are things that are setting in motion episodes they are fair game as unsolved problem or unmet expectations, even though they're not your 
unmet expectations. Now, you could add an expectation into those, and you could put, and I would probably not, by the way, but it wouldn't be catastrophic if you did, difficulty remaining calm if the Lego pieces don't fit. Difficulty, because your expectation is that she remain calm. Difficulty remaining calm if the milk spills on you. Difficulty remaining calm if you can't get the zipper in your jacket up. But I probably wouldn't do that. I think, remember, the wording of the unsolved problem is just what gets the conversation going. And the reason we are persnickety about making sure that the unsolved problem is worded well is because we've seen so often that plan B goes nowhere if the unsolved problem is worded poorly. So you want to word it well, but the main reason you want to word it well is so that the conversation goes somewhere. And of course, the main goal in the empathy step is to gather information about what's so upsetting about or what's making it hard to get the zipper up or to spill milk on one's self, which of course nobody enjoys, but we want to hear her perspective, or when the Lego piece won't fit. So I think you're in perfectly good shape doing plan B on those. You still want her concern or perspective. You still want to know what's so hard about that for her. The main issue about the wording of the unsolved problem is that you want to word it in a way that sets the stage for her to actually talk and share information with you. Hmm. Does that make sense? And, and I, I, I did try what you're suggesting that I don't do, trying to add the remaining calm. And yes. it, it went exactly like you predicted. She wouldn't open her, her <laughs> mouth, which was a you know, very big contrast to the way that she normally responds um, Interesting. to, um, to our um, conversations, which is why, why I, I described that in the beginning. So it was an absolute failure to, to bring that up as my parental expectation. So let me ask this. When you don't leave, put remaining calm in there, um, have you tried plan B on, for example, getting the zipper up? Um, on what we can do when she can't get her zipper up. Is that how I should ask her? What what can we do when or what can you do? Well, when no. You, you want to start. You want to start with the empathy step. I've noticed yes. it's yes. hard for you to get the zipper up. What's yes. up with that? Yes. We want to gather lots of information from her. Mm. Then. And we don't want to leave the empathy step until we feel we have the clearest possible understanding about what about that's so upsetting for her. Then the define adult concern step, which is where you're putting your concern on the table, mostly about how the unsolved problem is affecting her or how the unsolved problem is affecting others. And then you are ready to combine the concerns of both parties in the invitation. Yeah. Starting and, with and the what, words, I, what I'm struggling with is the second part where I phrase my concern because I don't feel I have any concern uh, apart from her behavior, which I know that I shouldn't address. Well, you're not addressing her behavior, but it would not be catastrophic to talk about her, how her reaction to 
having trouble getting her zipper up is affecting her and is affecting other people. So you could talk about how it um, makes you very sad to see her so upset and Mm. very sad to see her struggling with something and um, that you know if you guys came up with a solution to it, she wouldn't be struggling with it anymore. Those are perfectly fine concerns. Yeah, Um, very good. The the tricky part here is that because you're beginning with a – expectation she has for herself, usually in the defined adult concern step, you're talking about the expectation that she's having difficulty meeting that's your expectation. And then it's a little easier to say how it's affecting you. Let's say you have a kid who's not coming in for dinner from watching TV. Then you can say how it's affecting you. I'd like, to meet to, I'd like us to eat dinner together as a family and I feel very sad if you're not there. Those are a little easier, right? But in the case of an expectation that is the kid's expectation, you can still talk about how it's affecting you, but there you might have to talk about how it affects you when she's having trouble getting her zipper up, and maybe even how it affects her. Then comes the invitation. Do you have any, I don't know if you've heard anything from her yet or whether you have some hypotheses, which of course are more dangerous, do we have any sense about what's hard for her about difficulty getting the zipper up? No, because I just haven't managed to get her to talk because I haven't known how to do the second part of the plan B. The um, Got it. the only the only thing I could think of was for her to remain calm and as soon as I said that, you know, I wouldn't get yep. Um, right. But I realize, as I'm saying this, I realize I have been probably doing it in, in the wrong order because I should have done the empathy, gathering more information in the empathy step before I oh, yes. talk to her about remaining calm. So I, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely see how I, how I went wrong here. Um, and the truth but, is, I don't know if you're going to be talking with her about remaining calm. No, I don't. I don't think um, so because it hasn't been working at all. Right. Um, yeah. Could I, I think just you're going to be jumping. Oh, sorry. What you're, before you do, what you're looking yeah. for is a solution that yeah. addresses the concerns of both parties. Yeah. So whatever it is that's concerning her about difficulty getting the zipper up, and whatever it is that's concerning you about her having difficulty getting her zipper up, mm. it's those two concerns that need to be addressed. And here's the reason I would recommend leaving remaining calm out. I don't know if it's going to address her concern. I don't know if it's going to address your concern, though I think remaining calm would probably address your concern for sure. Hmm. But I doubt that remaining calm is going to address her concern. So we're not going into plan B with a preordained solution, namely she has to remain calm when she is pulling her zipper up. We're going in knowing that a good solution is simply one that addresses the concerns of both parties. But we don't know what those concerns are yet, so we can't possibly have a preordained solution yet. No. Sorry to interrupt you, but I had to make that point. Go ahead. You were going to make another point. Oh, I was just going to say, um, well, thank you for calling in. And um, what really helped us was when I made an appointment with my child in advance to talk in a calm moment because then you're not talking about being calm. It's already preset. It's just timing. 
Yeah. Because I've been when I've been trying to do emergency plan B, that's also failed because then she's already so upset. So whatever sure. I say, she'll just scream louder. Right. Um, she doesn't have the skills to, to do emer- It's hard. They don't have the skills to do yeah. emergency plan B quite yet. Yeah. And one thing that I think is also difficult is that for me, I see that these are they're just so many different things that, a five-year-old would struggle with on on a day-to-day basis. It could be the zipper. It could be the jar of this. It could be a jar of something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming I just have to do a proactive plan B with with every single thing in the call moment. Is is that the advice? That's the advice. Now, depends how many little things you have. What I always tell parents is you're not going to have to solve every single problem because some of them are going to solve by solving others. Mm-hmm. You just don't know which um, are going to solve because of solving others. Ones that look like they are linked to each other frequently aren't linked to each other. So it truly is one at a time. I will say a few things about that. First of all, many kids have... Mm, two or three unsolved problems that are accounting for a very high percentage of their challenging episodes. And so um, uh, by solving two or three, you may knock out quite a few challenging episodes. That not may not be the case in your case. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, you'll find out. Um, yeah. But yes, typically it is one at a time. But also, typically, many people find that life is significantly better just for having solved two or three. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Lastly, really helpful. Yeah. I just had one other recommendation that uh, Dr. Green and Dr. Epstein wrote this, uh, The Adventures of Stretch Moore, and it's a wonderful book uh, to read for you as a parent, but it's something, too, uh, that you could read with your daughter. And it shows that she's not the only one that loses their temper, has trouble um, stretching his, stretching her brain to uh, figure out different things to decide, different solutions to pick. I'll definitely get that book. Thank you. Of course. Uh, Thank you very much for calling in. We're glad you did, and um, I hope you found this to be useful. Absolutely. Thank you so much, both of you. You Thank you. Bye. Susie, we have two other callers. Shall we move on to call number two? Absolutely. Here we go. We're heading out to area code 214. You're on the air. How are you today? Area code 214. Calling from the Dallas area? Well, we're going to keep that person on, but now go to area code 6... Nope, 214 just left, unless I screwed up. Um, Now we're going to... I think I did. Now we're going to go... Maybe I did. I'm not sure. Now we're going to go to area code 620. Maybe she will. Um, And I think I know who's in area code 620, but you're on the air. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. And you all? <laughs> I was hoping it was you. It's me. Happy New Year to it you. Is, How are you? Oh, likewise. And to you too, um, Susie. I'm, I'm Thank fine. You. Thank you. Doing well. 
enjoying a beautiful, crisp morning here. So um, I'm calling in today because we had just unfortunately a little bit of a relapse in the last week or so with my explosive 13-year-old. And um, I wanted to let you one let you know that I mean it's, it's to be expected during the holiday season that you know expectations are high and not every expectation can be met with presents and all that. But we um, had a little relapse. I, uh, for people that have heard me talk about my son before, um, he struggles a lot when he's playing a game. And the outcome of the game does not fit his expectation of the game. And this continues to uh, be a tough nut to crack for my son, um, who expects to win every single time with video games. So he was playing one, Dr. Green, and the computer was taking over, and the computer did not let him win. And he melted. And it was not fun to see because it's been a very long time since that's happened. So I, I was a little bit taken aback because that hasn't happened with games in a long time. And um, found myself reeling a little bit. Um, but then we had a conversation. And here's the, here's the point that I wanted to make and get your feedback on. I was working on drilling as to why he freaked out about not winning the game. And he was giving me all the, the typical answers, which usually include, I expect to win, I expect to win. That's, he just repeats that over and over again. And at one point I said to him, hey, buddy, these conversations usually get us to the point where you feel like you can um, you can do better than the last time. You know, better doing better is preferable. That's language that I use a good bit. And he he said something that kind of surprised me. Here's what I'd like your feedback on, Doctor. He said, um, "Mom, sometimes I don't want to do better." And I got stumped. What do I do with that? Guess what you do it is you figure out what it means. Um, I don't want to pretend that I know what that means. Um, uh, it, I can hypothesize about what it means. It could mean sometimes I don't really want to. I don't want to have to try this hard all the time. Yeah. Um, it. I don't know what it means. You might have some other hypotheses about what it means. But the nice part about the model is we don't have to figure out what it means on our own. We can ask him. So just on the basis of that, I don't know what it means, but I do have a technology that will help you find out what it means, right. um, and that's drilling for information. Um, but I wouldn't, uh, I, um, I wouldn't take that too much to heart until you know what it means. Nobody right. wants to have to try hard to hold it together 24 hours a day. Nobody. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Um, and I bet Susie can also relate to the um, feeling of this might be going a little strong on what you're feeling, but feeling kind of devastated when someone who's been doing really well gets upset. 
Yeah. But uh, if, if, if there's one thing I can say to make you feel any better about that, it's that if he's gone a long stretch for doing well and then got upset, well, that puts him right in league with the rest of us. And because um, most of us do really well most of the time until we get upset. So, um, yeah, it was a blip, which I think you called it. Um, doesn't necessarily have tremendous meaning, except that it says that he still has the capability of getting upset when either your or his expectation is not met, and now he's in league with all the rest of us. Right. Oh, yes. I just wanted to jump in for a moment and say that I I learned just as much from the unsuccessful Plan Bs as I did from successful Plan Bs. And sometimes it's three steps forward and one step back, but it's not it's not the end of the world, you know. He, your son still sees you as an ally and someone who works out problems together. You have that strong relationship, and the foundation is still there. You've been doing just great together and as a family. Yeah. yeah. I posted in the B team uh, the night um, that the explosion happened, and I uh, – I found myself, as I was keeping him and myself safe during the meltdown, I I found myself saying in my brain the things that I recommend to other parents um, on the B team when they're writing that things are going awry, which usually starts with breathe and to remember that um, he's doing the best that he can and he's feeling overwhelmed and it's super hard for him, as hard as it is for me. And so that was really helpful to know that, okay, I've got this language somewhere in my brain. I just need to bring it up front and center and do my mm-hmm. best to stay calm. You know, um, yeah. and so you I did. Really, I did. I did. And, and it didn't last as long as it used to, which is fantastic, because when he would slip, it would go for hours. Yeah. in the beginning, before we found the model. So I'm finding the little, as you said, Dr. Green, blips of, of light and hope. Um, but it's, it's just, a, you know, it's, it's really humbling to be reminded that when things get hard for him, that proverbial tail gets stepped on, and he can just knee-jerk right back. Um, we all lose it sometimes. You now have a little bit more information about something that wasn't causing him to lose it, but did cause him to lose it. Um, Time to do plan B proactively. And maybe time to reconfigure and say, well, you know, maybe that's something that should be back on our radar screen again. The other possibility is it was just a blip and will never happen again. I doubt that on the video game issue. Um, Yeah. And, you know, there's another possibility. I am most likely to lose it, and my form of losing it is mostly withdrawing, although in its worst form, I will utter a brief profanity when I'm really tired or when I really don't feel very well. 
So who knows? It may be something that was more specific to that day than it was specific to that expectation. I guess you'll find out. Um, but um, he's still a work in progress, and um, yeah. that just tells you that there's more work to do. Yeah. Absolutely. We all are working on it. So. Well, that puts him in league with the rest of us, too. Right. Right. So that's that's my update for today. We appreciate your update, proof that even when things are going well, things don't always go well. Right. It takes lots of patience and time and hard work, but it's less time, like you said, than explosions and meltdowns. Yeah, it really is. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the saving grace of this. I mean, I can easily remember back just a a few years when um, we would still probably be in the throes of what happened a couple of days ago. So I'm so grateful that he got up, he complained about going to school, but he's at school. So it's, you know, there's progress and we're, we're continuing the journey and it's a, it's a great reminder. I think it's as humbling as it is. It's a great reminder that there's still work to be done. I think it is fantastic that you are willing to continue sharing your ups and downs with us and with everybody. I can imagine just how many people you are helping through your willingness to do that. Well, I'm just grateful that the information is out there and it's touching more and more people as we go. So it's uh, critical, you know, this, this form of communication is just critical and it's sorely lacking in the world. So I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to learn it. So thank you. We do our best. Yes, sir. Thank Call you guys. in any time as always. Take you care. Well, bye, Take Susie. Care. Bye, bye. Dr. Bye-bye. Bye. So area code 214 has called back in. I am sorry if I unceremoniously dumped your call, but you're back on now. Area code 214, what you got going? Hi, this is Angie. Um, I was just actually, I didn't have a, a specific question. I was just um, here to listen to what others had to say. Got it. You can do that. You can stay on the line if you want to, but in the future you can do it by um, listening into the radio program either through Blog Talk Radio where you can listen live or from the website. On the radio program for parents, there's a link that tells you where to go to listen live. Um, So you don't necessarily have to use up um, your phone line if you want to listen in live, but feel free to continue doing that today if you want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is my first time, so I was kind of a little confused. I didn't know what exactly I was doing, so I kind of froze when you were like, uh, Erica 214. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) I guess that would freak you out, yes? Yes, but thank you, and I uh, really enjoyed listening. I'm I'm going to mute you again, uh, but feel free to stay on the line if you want. Um, And Susie, we are now going to turn to some other uh, emails to get them answered in our last 15 minutes here. Susie, um, but let me ask you this. Do you remember times where you thought things were going well and um, then there was a blip? Of course. Um, Many times 
like I said, we take three steps forward and then one step backward. And um, it was humbling. It was a little discouraging, but... um, you know, the idea that children do well if they can gave me hope, and uh, I just tried my best to hang in there and realize that just because we had a bad couple of hours or even a bad day didn't necessarily mean that everything was going that way. It was just a moment in time that um, our child was having difficulty with. Shall we turn to an email? Sure. Here we go. Uh, I was very excited to read the book and feel so motivated to try this wonderful approach. My explosive child is 14, and we have been struggling with our relationship over the last two years. Today I tried to use the Plan B method, and it totally backfired. I tried again, and it was a little better, but we still have a long way to go. My big question is, would it be wrong to explain the steps to my daughter so that she understands exactly what the method is all about and can participate knowing what the goals are? Could I say that I've read a book that talks about coming to solutions that work for both of us, and I would like to discuss the issues and hear her thoughts so we could work out the problems that cause us the most friction? That's the question. My answer why not? Um, also not terrible to acknowledge that um, you're aware that things haven't been going well lately and that this is, you're not blaming anybody, but that um, we really need solutions that are going to work for both of us. Um, and um, you are, have read a book that helps you know how to use that process. The only tricky part about that is that sometimes kids are a little sensitive to um, things parents have read, um, feel like they're being used as a guinea pig. So the more casual you can make it, the better. Um, the, the part about reading it in a book is not necessary, but fine to add if you think it won't go over badly with your 14-year-old daughter and that she won't feel like a guinea pig. Um, but the reality is y'all are guinea pigs in this together. You're trying out something new, a new way of communicating, a new way of solving problems so that you're not fighting with each other about those problems anymore. What could be bad about that? Susie, any thoughts on that? Well, just to add that I clearly remember um, sitting down in a quiet time with our son and just coming right out and saying that, you know, we weren't so happy with the way things were going between us and uh, that there was a different way of handling our problems. Um, Like you said, no blaming. It was a uh, family problem. And, um, you know, we, we wanted to go about it a different way so that we weren't struggling and and arguing anymore. There you go. Let's move on to another one. This is a very interesting one. I wanted to make sure we got to this today. Mm -hmm. Uh, My question is, this is a very brief one, but my question is, 
as adults of children with explosive behavior problems, are we focusing too much on compliance with kids and teens? And that's the whole email. And um, I don't think it's just parents of kids with explosive behavior who are focused too much on compliance. I think a lot of parents, even if their kids aren't explosive, are focused too much on having their kids comply. There is this mentality out there that your credibility as a parent traces back to the degree to which you are able to get your kid to say how high when you say jump. I think your credibility as a parent, and I talk about this a lot in Raising Human Beings, is in demonstrating to your kid that um, when there is a expectation they're having difficulty meeting, a problem they're having difficulty solving, you know how to be there to help them solve it uh, or to help them meet it. That's where the credibility comes in. I worry about kids whose primary skill is saying how high when adults say jump. That is not your primary credibility as a parent. Here's the good news. Your kid is already meeting most of your expectations. Even if your kid is behaviorally challenging, there's a decent chance your kid is already meeting most of your expectations. Um, it's the ones your kid is having difficulty meeting that we go overboard on compliance because what we try to do is make the kid meet the expectation rather than figuring out what's getting in the way of the kid meeting the expectation and trying to come up with a solution together. Kids don't get called non-compliant on the expectations they're meeting. They get called non-compliant on the expectations they're having difficulty meeting when we try to make them meet that expectation. That's compliance through sheer force of adult will. That's not communication. That's not relationship. And that's not going to give you the information you're looking for about what's making it hard for your kid to meet that expectation. I wish we were a lot less focused on compliance given the knowledge that most kids are meeting most of our expectations already, we can ease up in the compliance department and start getting ourselves buffed up in the problem-solving department. Susie, I bet you've got an opinion on that too. Well, one of the things that I just love about the model is that you're working together and working out a solution. You're not sure how it's going to turn out, um, but it's something that the two of you have come up with together. Um, I love the creativity and the skills that the children learn um, in flexibility and adaptability, frustration tolerance, and problem solving. Um, it's just, it's very cool. Uh, All right, we've got time for one more email. Are we ready? Sure. This one says, my son is a very active kiddo. He has a tremendous amount of physical energy that at times winds up with him bouncing, fidgeting, and not being able to control his body movements at school and at home. At home, 
When this happens, we take out an exercise mat and help him expend as much energy as he needs. At school, that is not a practical solution for his teachers, and he winds up disrupting the classroom and has been sent to the school's version of the principal's office. He is a good-hearted kid that at times seems unable to maintain a calm body control. Well, um, here we go. At some point, somebody's going to say that your kid has ADHD. And some kids, somebody's going to recommend that your kid be placed on medication to help him not be so motorically restless. And there are many kids who benefit from that intervention. Um, regrettably, there are interventions that may be feasible at home that are not feasible at school. Now, schools are often willing to give a kid a break, um, you know, an activity break so that they can walk down the hall or do some jumping jacks. But for many kids, that's not enough to help them be less motorically restless and to help them focus um, and be less disruptive. And that's why so many kids in this country are on medications to help them focus, be less active, and be less impulsive. Now, I'm not allergic to the idea of placing kids on medication that helps them be less hyper, less impulsive, and more focused. But what I am um, allergic to is just popping a kid on medication because he has those features. There are numerous things that could be going on. And so I'm not real into just popping a kid on medication because he looks that way. Think that you want to start talking with your pediatrician or potentially with a mental health professional about what your options are. Um, obviously, I have no idea whether your kid is a good candidate for medication. I am simply making the point that lots of kids who have those features end up on medication, but some of them just have sensory issues that need to be addressed. Um, and that's not something stimulant medication is going to do. So in other words, there are many, many reasons that a kid could be active, impulsive, inattentive. Um, some of them are things that medication would address, and some of them are things that medication would not address. Um, I'm surprised your kid hasn't been called ADHD yet. I'd be surprised if no one's recommended medication for your kid yet just because those are such common things to have happen. The thing we don't want to have happen is for your kid to be getting in trouble a lot and get sent to the principal a lot for something that we actually have good technology for doing something about. So I think you want to start looking a little bit further as to why your kid is so hyper and motorically restless. ADHD is just one of the possibilities. Medication is just one of the options for dealing with it. But it sounds to me like there's a lot more to know about your kid, and now you've got your work cut out for you. Susie, anything to add to that? As um, the mom of a former very hyperactive kid. Yeah, just that uh, our school was a bit resistant, but we... Did I worked proactively with the school, and um, my son had permission to go down to the guidance counselor's office and lay down on the floor and just calm himself down and then return to the classroom 
when he was ready, and that worked beautifully. There you go. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, let's find out what works for this cat, and we'll all be feeling a whole lot better. Sounds good. And Susie, we don't have time to answer another email today, so I think we're going to call it a day for today. Anything else that you'd like to add in our last minute or so? Um, I was talking to a mom, and... She said that her teenage son would do his schoolwork for a couple of days and then take a week and a half off from doing work. And as a result, school and homework issues spiraled out of control. It seemed to me that this was an issue that kind of cried out for a plan B. Dr. Green, I was wondering what you think about the situation. I don't think I have enough information, and I probably don't have enough time to answer the question well, but i got to tell you, there's not many things I haven't seen Plan B be able to solve. So there's my pat answer to that. How about that? Great. Sounds good. Let's call it a day for today. Susie, thank you for so much for doing this, as always. Um, my pleasure, as always. And uh, we'll be back next month with another edition of Parenting the Challenging Child. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.